Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? And it's like when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? People came that like did not RSVP. So I was like totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, squish in extra place settings, and like people were on mismatched chairs and all. But by the end of the day, it was like the more the merrier. And so if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. Wow. You guys talk like grown-ups. Oh, well, this is a really good school. Mr. Hall was way harsh. He gave me a C minus. <laughs> well, he gave me a C, which drags down my entire average. Hello? There was a stop sign. I totally paused. You try driving in platforms. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and view them through a modern lens. I'm Robert Larone. With me, as always, is... Blaine Waters. And this week, we have a very special guest, Grace Smith. Hello. Comedian. No? Yes. No, so I don't know why I shook my head. <laughs> no one can tell why you said no. You seemed horrified. <laughs> I was like, no, try again. Maybe the next credit you give me will be right. Yes, comedian. You do all sorts of things. I do, and and if I did one, it would probably... I'd be better at it, but instead I do lots of things. I feel the same way. <laughs> yes. But uh, I'm sure that you're great at everything. I saw there was a cat video. You do some cat videos yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I have a web series right now called Things with Cats. Um, there's two episodes. <laughs> Maybe there'll be three by no, the time this comes what out. What happens in the in, – what happens in um, I, It's sort of like a, we try to do like a YouTube DIY video, like a cooking okay. or manicures or like a beauty vlog. But like how having a bunch of cat, like living with a bunch of cats affects that. So it's usually <laughs> a lot of just like we end up eating a lot of cat hair or right. getting cat hair in the things we bake okay. or um, <laughs> spend most of the episode lint rolling things. Right. That's funny. Uh, I want to watch that. That's great. Yeah, my cats are great actors. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have some great actors to talk about in this movie. But before Uh, we get to that, they're unfortunately not feline. No. But before we get into that, uh, first of all, we should thank our Patreons. Those are the people who give us a little bit of money each month, one, three, or five dollars. And that helps keep the podcast going. Yeah, we also put it right on the credit card with all that debt we've racked up at the mall. <laughs> so, uh, I thought Daddy was paying that off. Uh, he might be. He might be. <laughs> you mean Dan Hedaya? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wish Dan Hedaya was paying off my credit card debt. <laughs> yeah. uh, he'd give you such looks about it and you'd feel bad, but he'd pay it. Yeah, he's a, he's a sweetheart on the 
inside. Yeah, he'd just yell at you a while, and you wouldn't feel bad because you know he loves you. You know. Yeah. But you yeah. or Dan Hedaya can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability. Go there, and in return, you get the episodes early and ad-free. Mm-hmm. And yes, that is great. Yeah, this is the only ad you'll hear. Yeah, just us advertising ourselves. This is more of like um, it's like a telethon. <laughs> this kind of a telethon. <laughs> it's a begging. I think it's uh, <laughs> desperation. No, it's okay. uh, it wouldn't go over in the world of the movie that we're talking about no. right now, which is Clueless. Yay! And Grace. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I've spoiled how I feel about it. <laughs> That's okay. It's called foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> you were the one who suggested this movie. What? made you suggest clueless um i had like there's a lot of movies that i i could have suggested that i have very uncomplicated just like i loved them relationships with this mm-hmm. one i had a very complicated relationship oh, with it because God. i liked it a lot but it was not on brand for me <laughs> as a 10 year old i was really going for like a goth baby goth, anti-conformist right. sort of thing at, at 10 years old. And so when I saw this and really like, like was really far too into it, right. it was, it was not on brand. So I, anytime somebody would bring it up, I'd be like, no, that movie is for, <laughs> I hate Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. <laughs> She's so pretty and her hair is so gorgeous and she had such great comedic timing. Oh, I hate her. <laughs> so I would like, kind of like trash the movie at school and then go buy any piece of merchandise I could find. For wow. It. Yeah. So that's that's why I just thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about. Uh, We're confronting that. a lot on this podcast. Yeah, this yeah. is a therapy podcast. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> yeah. So you loved it when you were young, but did you keep like watching it? Did you eventually sort of come to terms with your love of Clueless? I think this might be my coming to terms with my love of Clueless. I... Because like there are movie, I was a big also rewatcher of movies. Right. So, um, so this is a great podcast for me. I will be taking it over Ooh, at okay. the end, so you great. can pack up your things. <laughs> uh, no, like I rewatched movies incessantly, but not this one again because I was sort of embarrassed that I liked it. Right. Like even embarrassed to tell my parents I would like to rent it again, whereas I was not embarrassed to tell them I would like to rent. Chicken Run for the 100th time. That, <laughs> that was also on your on suggestion brand. list. <laughs> yeah, that was a close second in yeah. our picking. Yeah. I don't know how that was more on brand, but it was complicated. Yeah, so like I didn't rewatch it that much, but I, I loved it. I would I remember saving up for any magazine that like had an article about wow. it, but I didn't rewatch it that much. So it was really, really fun actually to rewatch it and see how many jokes I didn't get. Okay. <laughs> oh, when you were 10? <laughs> yeah. So like I was just like, right. I did not know what th- this scene was about or this. Like, yeah, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, sure. I can't wait to talk about all the scenes I didn't understand. Didn't really square the whole brother it. thing. That was. Oh. We're, we'll talk about that. We will yes, talk about that talk after about the, that. After the that break for sure. I expect will be most of <laughs> I'm like clueless about how that is supposed to be okay. <laughs> now, Blaine, what about you? I see you're excited. What is your vast history with Clueless? Don't be embarrassed. I uh, at ten years old. No, I I never saw this movie because it wasn't really marketed to me right. you know, as a, as a young boy. Yeah. Uh, but my my wife loves this movie. Right. And uh, and and she was like, "You better be having a girl on your podcast." For <laughs> yeah, we will. But uh, so we looked up all the girls we know. <laughs> uh, I can call her when we're done recording. Assure her right, that exactly. I exist. And thank you. Thank you very much. No I need problem. you to sign something. Yeah. But uh, I watched it with her like a while ago for the first time. Yeah. I had never really seen it before. 
Right. And I enjoyed it. I think it's. I thought it was a great movie when I first watched it a few years ago. I think it's a good movie now. So you did watch it a few years ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And what did you think about it? So did you watch it with your wife under think... like with her like holding your hand too tightly? <laughs> <laughs> it was Looking the same. Over at you constantly. It was the exact same thing that I did to her with like Hudsucker Proxy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that's that's a good one. <laughs> Just like mouthing all the They're words. Talking fast, honey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't you get it? It's a circle. And she's like, "Oh fuck, what is this?" Um, so uh, no, but I, I liked it, and I. It, it does. It does feel like you were saying that it was kind. Of, you were kind of anti-conformist at ten years old, which is yeah. awesome, by the way. But that you didn't like this movie because of it. But this movie kind of undercuts itself in a lot of ways. And when I watched it a few years ago, I really liked that because when I was a kid, I thought it was just like, oh yeah, that like girl movie, kind of like right. that Barbie movie or whatever. But it is a way smarter than than I ever thought it was as a kid. So. Yeah, it, yeah. It, how it marketed itself was yeah. a little deceiving. Like, but it's, right, I sure. mean, it's hard in a commercial to be like, this is kind <laughs> of a satire, but kind of not a satire, but it is smarter <laughs> than you think it's going to be. Yeah. Just yeah. have Alicia Silverstone come on screen to say that. <laughs> but it's like not a satire, but it like, yeah, it would be good. Wow. So what about you, Rob? What did you first see it? Well, like you, Blaine, I did not see <laughs> Clueless. I, too, was, uh, yeah, it wasn't marketed towards me. No fault of mine. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, obviously it was towards women and girls, and I totally dismissed it 100% for most of my life. When I became a bit older, I heard women that I respect saying that they enjoyed this movie. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, oh, well, it's probably a good movie. And I also heard somebody say, and I'm not sure this quite squares, but like, Clueless is to girls like Star Wars is to boys. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, girls can like Star Wars too, and I'm sure there are lots <laughs> no, of boys. No, we're actually not. Okay. Sorry, I'll, this is a, confidential, but, <laughs> um, but uh, we'll be fine if I express. <laughs> but it sort of made sense to me, like, just because that's how things are marketed. Like, you, you just accept what you are given as mm. a kid. You think it's cool, and it, unless there's something else, then you don't really give so this is chance. the first time you've seen it. This is the first time that I before seen this Clueless. you were. I was in Clueless. fact clueful. <laughs> I'm so happy that I brought this. To you. <laughs> I'm happy too. I mean, also like I already respect Amy Heckerling as a writer director. Of mm. course, she directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is a big epic classic movie. Also, I when I was growing up, I loved Look Who's Talking yes. One and Two, <laughs> which are so good. I oh, like that. This could have also been an episode. But I made my parents watch those movies so many times, and they hated them so much. <laughs> but yeah. they're great. They are great. I mean, we've we've done the first one on the mm-hmm. podcast, yeah, I think we have. and I think it holds up. And you know, I think just in terms of like auteurs of the eighties and nineties, Amy Heckerling is one of the big ones. So I once I realized that she was the person behind this movie, I thought yes. I should give Clues a chance, and I'm glad that you gave us the opportunity. Mm-hmm. She also um, – let's give Amy Heckerling credit for introducing me to two of my most unfortunate music tastes, oh. which is from Look Who's Talking, the Beach Boys, right. <laughs> from that opening yeah. spring, which I right. did, super didn't understand what that was about either as a child, <laughs> and from Clueless, Ska. Oh, <laughs> oh the Money no. Money Boston. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like Ska. I... No, I – yeah, I, I literally <laughs> wrote down a note, uh, what happened to Ska? It was great. <laughs> it like became pop punk and then yeah. fizzled out. Yeah. But their suits are great. They're 
suits are great. Th- that song slaps. Like that. You know. <laughs> He's the, like kind of yelling it gravel voiced into the microphone. Uh, the front man scared me. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's with all the trombones in the background? <laughs> What's with that one guy who's just dancing? <laughs> yeah. Good question. Then there's a scene in the movie where he like looks like he almost fell off stage, but they kept the the cut because he has oh, his like worried worried face on on for a second. Yeah. He's like, oh, and then he like sees the camera's like, good, and he's on dancing. <laughs> Everything's fine. This yeah. won't end up in the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He watched yeah. it in the theaters and was like, R- really hurt that they left that in. <laughs> All the Boston's fans have like a conspiracy theory about that, though. <laughs> yeah, it really took them down. A pack. They're only the mighty Boston. So. <laughs> uh, so, Rob, do you want to take us through this movie? <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> way to way to divert away from your terrible joke. <laughs> yes, let's move on. Clueless, Clueless. It is the story of Cher Horowitz, played by Alicia Silverstone. She is a rich Beverly Hills high school girl. She is rich. Her dad is like a $500 an hour litigator played by the aforementioned Dan Hedaya. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she she lives the life of a typical teenager. She goes to school. She has friends. Her friend is Dion, Stacy Dash. In the 90s, the high schools were either like nothing bad happened at them at all or their teachers were trying to kill you. Like that's, <laughs> that was like there was no in between. Yeah, there was only like Beverly Hills High School and Dangerous Minds. No in between. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were all pretty sexy, but either dangerous sexy or yeah. uh, Noxima commercial sexy. Yeah, and there's they they do the old people for young people in this movie so much. There's oh, like yeah. one guy who comes up to her at school at one point and is clearly spots. Yeah, he's clearly like sixty years old. He's like Hans Molman from The Simpsons. Yeah, if or you something. really watch for like the extras that have one line, yeah. they are full forty year old men. Yeah, I feel like they're just all the producers. On the movie yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, let's just put him in some baggy jeans and send him in there. No yeah. one will notice. They're yeah. all looking at a young Brittany Murphy. Right. And yeah. weren't we all? <laughs> but she is she has some good skills that she has gleaned from her father mm-hmm. in that she can talk her way out of anything, any bad mark, it seems like she has the skills to turn it around. Very valuable skills. Except that she's having a hard time initially with some of her teachers. One of them played by Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn. Yeah. He's so good in this. He is amazing. Yeah. He's great. And he he has such moves. Yeah. Like when he starts getting a little romantic, you (laughs) see him like fixing his hair at his desk and stuff like that. You're like, yeah, I can see why she goes here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. We've got a thing for Wallace Shawn on this podcast. I mean, like, uh, yeah, the conformist girls went for Paul Rudd. (laughs) Us baby goths went for Wallace (laughs) Shawn. Cher Horowitz? Two tardies. I object. Do you recall the dates of these alleged tardies? One was last Monday. (laughs) Mr. Hall, I was surfing the Crimson Wave. I had to haul ass to the ladies. I assume you're referring to women's troubles, and so I'll let that one slide. Thank you, Mr. Hall. This guy was right about you. What do you mean? Well, she said that you were the only one in the school with any intelligence. But, so she... Being the resourceful person that she is, she decides to set up this teacher with another teacher played by the uh, the 
terribly it's a named name. <laughs> Twink Kaplan. Sorry, what's it? Say it again. Her name is Twink Kaplan. Okay, great. <laughs> now I don't know why I thought because I was looking up actor names before this. I don't know why I thought that was Amy Heckerling for like years. No, I thought the same thing. <laughs> really? That I was like I wrote down Amy Heckerling cameo, and then I looked, and it's like who the fuck is Twink so, Kaplan? <laughs> what I want to know that must be who, the guy playing Christian. <laughs> who told both of us? <laughs> No. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, no. But who told both? Where did we both get this from? Because what a weird. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There must be. Because I, I, rem- I feel like I remember seeing it in a documentary or something about it. Like, I, I feel like the source was official. Well, I think that like, I feel like maybe Twink Kaplan is the surrogate for yeah. Amy Heckerling because she's also in Look Who's Talking. She plays the friend of uh, Christy Alley. Oh, hmm. I didn't remember that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so... But she hooks up those two teachers and uses it to get her mark changed. Yeah, it does work in the end. It works. While Sean says it won't work, but he caves. Yeah. yeah. And then they get married. Spoilers. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but hopefully if you watch this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, it works, it works like surprisingly well. She just mm. throws a little Shakespeare or... Uh, what What is the poem that she... That that Cher writes. Yeah, I assumed it was Shakespeare. Yeah, and, uh, and Cliff I'm going to feel bad. Yeah, exactly. Movie, which is also not a joke I got. At the time. <laughs> There's so many times I remember watching this movie as a kid and being like, "Wow, Cher is so smart." And now I'm like, "Oh, I see. The joke is that she was not." <laughs> yeah, but then she but is. She, like, is like, that's kind just, of. such a funny thing because when Brittany Murphy comes, she's like, "You guys all speak good and stuff," and. Claire's like, yeah, it's a good school, which yeah. <laughs> was you one of talk, my favorite jokes. They all talk like grown-ups. Yeah, exactly. it's, but they walk a really fun, like, tightrope of making it clear that they are smart. They're just mm-hmm. young. Like, they, yeah. Just, yeah. they make mistakes and they, they're just inexperienced, but that they will probably all grow into, like, smart adults. Yeah. For sure. Like, she understands all the systems in the school and how they work and how everyone interacts. Like, mm-hmm. she's a smart cook. Yeah. Even her, like, debates that are supposed to be kind of, like, clearly she did not research them are still like not bad (laughs) (laughs) like she's very confident yeah Yeah. that's really all it took in high school once you realize if you were confident you didn't have to really do anything Uh, yeah i wish i knew that in high school (laughs) i I saw other people do it (laughs) yeah good trick (laughs) but she gets like a little bit of a boost from doing a good deed Mm -hmm. and she decides to sort of go on a roll with it and that's why when Brittany murphy's character ty comes to the school, she decides to sort of befriend this misfit. Mm-hmm, this clueless person right. who comes in. That's where the title of the movie comes in because uh, – Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that this time, yeah. Getting, making a note. <laughs> See, my mission is clear. Would you look at that girl? She is so adorably clueless. We've got to adopt her. Sure, she is toe up. Our stock would plummet. Don't you want to use your popularity for a good cause? No. Come here. Yeah, come here. Hang with us. Oh, thank you. How do you like California? Man, I'm freaking. I could really use some sort of an herbal refreshment. Oh, well, we do lunch in ten minutes. We don't have any tea, but we have Coke and stuff. No shit, you guys got Coke here? Yeah. Yeah, this is America. Yeah, but they all, I think what's nice about this movie is that they all have their clueless moment. They all have their moment where they're just like, you know, dipshits. The real clueless is the friends. (laughs) But Brittany Murphy obviously is great in this. Uh, Though she like, it's hard to recognize her at first. Yeah, she looks so... 
Like, this is so clearly, like, her first or one of her first big roles. So she yeah. looks I think like, it was her first role. Like, this is going to sound mean, and I don't mean it as that, but it looks like before Hollywood made her be, like, lose weight. Right. <laughs> and I, I mean that just because she looks, no, like, no. not, she is it's, already very skinny. But yeah. She, and the like, dye job, too. Like, she gets that, like, straight blonde hair and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it, it does look like, oh, this is clearly like a regular human teenager that they yeah. put into this movie. And then clearly whatever she was in next, I don't remember what they were clearly like, oh, no, for Hollywood. <laughs> like, let's get all that fat out of your face. Oh, um, uh, but it's but it's, yeah. it's sad to see that because yeah. you're like, oh, Hollywood got to you. Hollywood. Yeah. Conformists got to you. Yeah. yeah. Claire and Hollywood both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. We also forgot to mention that Cher is sort of having to interact with her former stepbrother, Josh, who is played by the youthful vampire Paul Rudd. <laughs> he looks – exactly. Like I yeah. know this is already – It's a kind of a, a joke. joke but know, like, it's not, we're not the first ones to make it. No. But um, it's scary. It uh. is. Like, OK. Let me – this is unrelated to this movie. Do you think Paul Rudd is at work done? Oh. Somebody in this room is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably had like hair plugs or something like that. I think Maybe. Paul Paul Rudd has like a horseshoe hair. But he wasn't he was in high school when he did this movie, right? Yeah. No, no he was out of college. Was like, he? I th- no, I, yeah, he was the oldest one in the cast, except for Stacey Dash. Yeah. Okay. Who was also, like, a youthful vampire. Yeah. Um, but that's because she's evil. Yeah. <laughs> that's where she got that from. She's Whereas Paul Rudd, who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, like, I I suspect that he's, I think he's had some fillers. Ooh. I'm saying it on air. I'm going on record. I do think. Grace is spilling the tea. Yes. Yeah. That's what that means, right? <laughs> I think... Drag race? What are you doing? <laughs> That's great. I just saw it on the internet. <laughs> I read on uh, Know Your Memes, <laughs> Urban Dictionary. I actually spilled some tea. <laughs> it's really hot. Ow. <laughs> no, because I just don't think people look for work done in men, so I think he could probably right. get away with it. Because mm. no one's going to assume that. No one's looking for the little, the little like scars <laughs> hidden in his uh, uh, five o'clock shadow. Where are right. you, Paul Rudd? <laughs> <laughs> Let's pull up some. High definite, high res photos of Paul Rudd, and look for those Botox, Botox <laughs> injection sites. But he's so beautiful in this. Wait, in this even movie. with kind of like because he gets a goatee at one point. And yeah. that looks, it is. Yeah, that looks bad on him. I'm glad that it goes away almost immediately. <laughs> yeah, right. like someone someone watched the dailies and were like, no. That's what <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, Paul Rudd from the future came back. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't and, dub him apart. It was, <laughs> and then was in the movie because. He looks exactly, exactly. Oh my God. He's like this. This is the other reason I like this movie a lot. I was lying about the Wallace Shawn crush earlier. I did have a crush on Paul Rudd. He was not, I won't say my first sex dream, but my first like. <laughs> recurring. <laughs> first recur, like first like I was 10, didn't really know what sex was, but like, like, like sexy dream. Right. I remember right. it was like. <laughs> I won't go into details, but I do remember him saying, like, we have to keep this quiet from the paparazzi. They won't won't like me being in a relationship with, like, a 10-year-old from Canada, (laughs) which fair. Just a 16-year-old on screen. That's fine. Uh, He's supposed to to be college or, like, about to start college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still wouldn't have been okay. (laughs) Dream Paul Rudd was correct. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But so they make over Ty. They sort of get her to be more confident and, you know, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. And And then to reject the skeeter boy. Yeah. They make her say, see you later, later, boy. (laughs) (laughs) And then Avril Lavigne wrote a song about it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we all know what Clueless is But yeah, yeah, because like that's the other thing that I don't feel like I super got at the time of this movie was like Ty's not like just a mess. She's just a pothead like that. She comes in with a kind of fully formed identity. Yeah. Mm. That was like an identity in all high schools. Like it it existed. Mm -hmm. She could have totally just gone and fit in with Travis's group. But instead they're like, no, she clearly just has no idea. Oh, they sort of kidnap her. Yes. (laughs) And then share like, yeah, like wards off this guy who, you know, is clearly they like each other. He's such a sweetheart. I know. He's like the nicest guy. And they clearly like legitimately get along. Yeah. Like he's so enamored with her immediately. It's so cute. That first scene where they meet. And mm-hmm. she's showing him her, like, sketchbook. Yeah. And he's just, like, looking at her like, oh, I like you're the best person I've ever met. It's such a cute little meet cute that yeah. then Cher ruins immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because she wants him to date Elton. Oh, oh yeah. Jeremy he's, Sisto. He's that, like, brother from... Uh, Six Feet Under. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. A lot of sibling him. issues throughout. <laughs> but he's, you know, I mean, I, he always plays, like, a problematic character. Yeah. And I knew that he was trouble even though i had he's the true villain of this mm-hmm. film two times i wrote down that god elton is the worst is when he's singing in the car like <laughs> sexily at share i yeah. know i'm getting ahead in the plot and then he also no, says so awkward it's such an awkward it's weird so, scene and she, she also is like what are you doing yeah and then he says <laughs> the line that you know if someone who says this in a movie they're also supposed to be the villain you're one of my best friends, and I do not have friends that are girls. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're a murderer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm also sure that his character was the one responsible for getting the muddy, muddy boss tones at that party, which oh. just reprehensible, <laughs> reprehensible. <laughs> and he promised them a lot of money to appear. He didn't pay that. He didn't pay that. No, he just paid them in fedoras. <laughs> Two tone shoes. <laughs> Scott sucks. <laughs> Sorry, <Dirty> bro. <laughs> Yeah, and he, like, sexually assaults Cher in the car, right? Like, yeah. He- and is kind of doing it the whole movie, except she right. no, she is not no, – like, he – Well, it's just sort of, okay. like, typical, like, what girls have to deal with shit that boys do. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, touching them and grabbing them in class. It's so egregious watching it now. Like, yeah. I do think the, it's not, like, one of those times where you watch an old movie and it's supposed to be, like, funny. Like, clearly yeah. it's yeah. supposed to be him being a creep. She calls mm-hmm. it sexual assault later, right? Yeah. Like, the scene uh, after, so – and, but like even bo- like all these scenes of him like hugging her way too close and like him in the second blow at the party like trying to kiss her. But mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, you've been the villain all along and mm-hmm. just like kind of just like hovering in the side just like with like lingering hugs and probably like smelling her hair. He's so good at being hateable though. Oh, he's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so then the sort of main thing of the movie is that – Ty sort of becomes a little bit popular, and she decides that she likes Josh. Mm-hmm. And because he's Paul Rudd, yeah, <laughs> right. uh, that every female she doesn't character... decide; her ovaries decide for her. Yeah, biology decides. Oh, I feel gross her. now. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, because she almost gets murdered at the mall, right? Oh, that seems horrifying. Oh, yeah, yeah those guys like dangle her over the side like they're shaking her down for her rent. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? I forever, like since then, have had a phobia of those kind of railings. railings? Like, yeah. at my, yeah. my school had had those stairwells where, the, right. where you'd have those railings. And it was like three stories up. But people used to sit on them. And I was always like, guys, did we not learn anything <laughs> from Clueless? <laughs> But it is horrifying, yeah. and it is like the again, like the the movie does a pretty good job of like showing that not just Elton, but like high school boys are kind of the true villain. Like that, mm-hmm. there's like there's some nice ones, like like Travis yeah. and stuff. But, but a like, lot of them are sociopaths. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're such sociopaths <laughs> for most of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they should all like probably smoke some pot and like calm down. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Way but, ahead of the game. <laughs> but Cher is confused at why she's upset that her friend likes mm-hmm. her ex-stepbrother. Both. And then she realizes that she loves her ex-stepbrother. Yeah. And Please that's weird. Never use the character's name ever again. Call him her ex-stepbrother for the rest of this <laughs> I'm just podcast. trying to create some distance because I feel very uncomfortable. Well, it's so weird because throughout the movie they do little things to distance him mm. as the stepbrother. She's like, well, you haven't been around in a long time. And, like, you're just right. back. And, like, we didn't grow up together. And they say all that stuff. But then at one point he, he says something about, like, well, I'm not really your brother. And she's like, you're my dad's son. And like she like yeah. makes it very apparent that they're siblings really early. There's so it's some a very mixed weird signals. Yeah. <laughs> like there is like the scene before the like the last scene in which they're kind of being flirty right before her realization that when they were watching Ren and Stimpy, she does like there Famous is a aphrodisiac. <laughs> <laughs> which she calls way existential, and I agree. <laughs> but she does like in that scene, it's so blatant. She's like, You're not my brother. And like it's just a line of dialogue in yeah. that scene. Like they're like, Okay, we're prepping, yeah. we're getting people Ready. This yeah. is legal. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, but husband number four is at home, and his whole idea of acting like a family is to criticize me. So what, you're just going to roam around campus for two weeks all by yourself? I don't mind. That is stupid. Why don't you just come here, you can have your old room, and there are going to be some great parties. No. Why not? You got your whole social world going on. I, I don't want to get in the way. You won't be in the way. How much fun would it be having a brother type tagging along? Josh, you are not my brother. Look, you know what I mean. Come on, you need some excitement in your life. It'll replenish you for your finals. It is weird because I think they're they're trying to make kind of two points with this character, both of which are fine but, like, weird in the same character. One, they're trying to make, like, the dad's character says something like, you divorce wives, not kids, which is kind of a nice yeah, message of, sure. like, just because I divorced your mom, like, I, I was still a father. It takes you a village. You. It takes a village it of takes angry one lawyers. one day <laughs> <laughs> That's the only parent I would have needed, which is a nice message. But also, you can't have that message. And also, you're not my brother because we're... Or step siblings and you weren't around much like those yeah are not yeah they don't compatible. balance yeah. <laughs> it's tricky it's some tricky stuff it's like yeah we want to show the dad's kind of a good guy but we also want her to want to fuck her brother how <laughs> can we do this <laughs> it's a little awkward it's a little yeah. awkward in this movie. I did have to look away in their kissing scenes this time watching it. Like really? I was like, "Wow, this I'm." They're not actually. <laughs> they're not actually. Related. I know, but I Alicia couldn't. Silverstone is not actually Paul Rudd's stepsister. <laughs> Method acting, they did adopt each other as siblings. We actually made our parents get married for <laughs> and one then year. Divorced. Christmas is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
But Cher goes to help out at the relief effort thing. Right. And, you know, she starts to sort of like become okay with Brecken Meyer as a person. Though she, I mean, he, this part boggles my mind. He seems to have quit weed. Yeah. And that's seen as like a good thing. <laughs> well, I it's again another scene I did not understand because he's like donating all of his old bongs. Yeah, right. Which again did not know what those were. I mean, if you have, if you have new bongs, <laughs> and then it refers to a twelve-step program, which I like. I was like, okay, maybe I just don't know a lot about quitting weed. But is there a twelve-step for like? I think you just marrow- kind of. Put it down. Yeah. I think you're I like, think it's not I addictive. need to go to work now. I think you take one step away, take two steps back. Yeah, it's weird. Grab your shit. The Al-Anon thing with the weed. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think they just wanted – I they wa- don't know. They wanted him what? to be all right to be with – Mm-hmm. But like he's all right smoking weed. He was fine. It's he was legal the only now. nice man in the movie. It's <laughs> yeah. probably what made him nice. <laughs> Let's be honest. And 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 they have that whole thing about him apologizing for her shoes, which also wasn't a thing I think any viewers were really mad at him for. No. I wasn't like it. I wonder if like, yeah, a bunch a of people moment. in Beverly Hills went <gasps> at that moment. <laughs> or maybe it was just one of those like studio things where like, no, you you have to show that him smoking weed was bad. Like you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. Well, well, it was like 1995. They were pretty, pretty war on drugs back then. True. Yeah. Yeah. And this war is... on sex, too. Like it was like everyone was uh, a virgin. The people that weren't were like, well, maybe you yeah. should be. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It's funny because I feel like you can really see the – kind of fingerprints of Amy Heckerling being so okay with all this stuff, being so okay with mm-hmm, people yeah. who are or are not virgins, who do or do not smoke pot, but then kind of having to have like a little statement, like a little lesson at the end or something It like never that. feels like the character is saying the words when they're like doing those things. Like yeah. that guy being like, yeah, I quit weed. And um, skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a whole different person, whoever you want me to be. <laughs> and it's kind of sad because Claire does view him as a whole different you person. you say Claire or Cher? Uh, Cher, yes. Okay, Who's Claire? Claire. <laughs> but um, the uh, fan fiction that you wrote for Clueless <laughs> features Cher's cousin Claire, a new girl at the school, <laughs> who looks exactly like Cher. <laughs> but she, you know, she only accepts him after that. It's kind of that's kind of sad too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then at the end of the movie, uh, the teachers get married, and mm-hmm. uh, they're all at the wedding, which I find kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, She's a bridesmaid. <laughs> Did anyone go to their teacher's wedding in high school? <laughs> well, I went to all of them. <laughs> I I house sat from my professors in undergrad one time. Okay, that's, cool. that's the closest, <laughs> and it's not that close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I guess, I guess in this in the world of the movie, we want to believe that they all get along, and you know, yeah. right? And the joke about like the the sneak of like you thinking it's her and Paul Rudd getting married, and it's not right, is kind right. of funny. Like, yeah, you know, her just being like no, gross, no. <laughs> <laughs> but then. She does catch the bouquet yeah. so that, uh, you know, Paul Rudd can win 200 bucks or something like that. Yeah, he had a bet on it. Good. Yeah, sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to cinch that. Wait, yeah. what's your theory here? Well, he I don't know. It, it seems down. like, yeah, I, yeah that's right. Put a right. ring on it. That's what <laughs> yeah. doing, yeah. Seems yeah. abusive. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd, first facial fillers. <laughs> <laughs> he, how often has he lied to us? <laughs> he might yeah. not even be Ant-Man. <laughs> What? <laughs> so is your theory that like he just really wanted to lock this down? 
And he's like, uh... I mean, I don't think that he had a theory for his character. I just think that, you know, it gives the movie motivation Uh, for, you know, them to have, like, a big girly moment at the end. True. And uh, that's it. Yeah, but they mentioned Shakespeare a lot, and I think who uh, this this <laughs> movie, and I, you know you have to end with that comedy thing of a wedding in every Shakespeare right. play, right? That's so right. You have to it's either that it. or you have to end up with everyone dead. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a weird twist. <laughs> <laughs> the mugger shows back up. Right. Not finished. Also, the most polite mugger. Yeah, <laughs> I liked him. I liked him a lot. Like she's really given given him sass back, and he's patient. Yeah, yeah. I think he says thank you and sorry I did that multiple times during their direction. Yeah, the nice. real hero of yeah. this movie, <laughs> the mugger. But that's clueless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have more to talk about after the break. We'll have the trivia and the behind the scenes stuff right after this. Blaine, do you hear that? Bells. It's Jingle Bells. It's Christmas. Oh, I I didn't know. I thought you were having a stroke. (laughs) No, I'm not. But thank you for knowing the signs. (laughs) Next week, we're going to talk about one of our favorite Christmas movies, The Family Man. Rob, I have to admit something to you. I went along with it. I I told you it was my favorite Christmas movie. (laughs) I've never seen this movie. Okay, well, for Christmas... The gift that I'm giving you is we're going to talk about The Family Man. It's a movie where Nicolas Cage plays a guy who, like, goes through alternate realities to a reality where he has a family, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like the worst quantum leap ever. (laughs) But it stars Nicolas Cage, who, as we know, is amazing. So it's going to be a great performance. And uh, Tealoni is there. And I think it will be the best gift under your tree. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We are talking about Clueless, and we have Grace Smith here. Hi. It's me again, remember, from the first half. <laughs> it's been about 30 seconds. So okay. Everyone might have forgotten. People it's have memory problems, us. okay? <laughs> so I have the uh, trivia for you both, uh, Blaine. You know how this works. Grace, uh, these are going to be a real test of your education. Oh, <laughs> so no. So watch out. <laughs> Hope you went to a good high school. Ooh, it was in Halifax, so... Oh, really? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> None of these questions are about fish. <laughs> I should just go. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was awful. What's a, what's a stereotype you can make about Ontarians? Oh, man. Oh, I'm from Nova Scotia. I know lots. I uh, yeah, think selfish. they're the center of the universe. Yeah, exactly. Don't know any good jokes about Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> that second one is particularly scathing. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So uh, some of these are pretty easy because Blaine. Ouch. Okay. So uh, first of all. Alicia Silverstone, the star of this movie, plays Cher. This was her breakout feature film role. But before this, she found fame in a series of music videos by which rock band? And can you name one of those songs? The impression that I get. (laughs) I'm done. I know that's right. (laughs) I know it's Aerosmith, right? Right. But I don't remember the name name of the song. Well, I know that she was like, it's like she and Liv Tyler are like 
I, I remember we're in one of the videos together. Yeah. Do I get bonus points? You do. You do. Yeah. She was in like three friggin' Aerosmith videos. They were all like called Crying or Crazy or Amaza Crazy. <laughs> which I'm stealing from a Saturday Night Live joke from the 90s. But that was her first thing. And I remember seeing them all the time on pop-up video. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were very disturbing because in most of them, (laughs) it would have like Alicia Silverstone doing like softcore lesbian (laughs) makeup stuff with uh, Steven Tyler's daughter. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. you. It's the fact that she was in so many that you're just like, Oh, oh, no, Steve Tyler, what was going on in your head? I mean, I know exactly what was going on in your head, but what a weird open obsession. Like how – I'm just remembering how much before like the the current day and age rock stars felt like, no, it's fine if everyone knows how creepy I am. I'm okay Yeah, with everyone Penny knowing Lane, that. Yeah, like everything. Yeah. These young girls around musicians, yeah. Yeah, and I like the weirdest thing about that is that I I feel like – Steven Tyler had found out that Liv Tyler was his daughter like two years before that. What? I didn't know this. Yeah, because she spent the first part of her life believing that uh, her dad was Todd Rundgren, who is another 70s rock guy, but who's not as creepy as Steven Tyler. Oh, God. (laughs) So she found out, was like, "Uh oh. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Anyway, that's Lisa Silverstone's early career. Uh, But she obviously did, you know, this brought her great fame and attention. Mm-hmm. Though, I mean, it, her career also went bad after Batman. She yeah. sort of right. never really the recovered the same way after that. Yeah, she, I remember she had her, like, it was like she was such a star after this. And I I remember, like, there being all these news stories about she had her own production company right. immediately. It was a oh, huge deal. Yeah, yeah. And then, I don't know if this is going to be one of the trivia, so sorry if I'm spoiling something. Oh, but then <laughs> uh, the first thing that her production company uh, produced was like excess baggage right. that right. did so poorly. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing ads for it and then hearing nothing. I think I've seen it. Yeah. How was it? I think it was okay. <laughs> I had the poster. I just remember seeing ads for it in Seventeen Magazine constantly. Yeah. And well, you didn't ruin my trivia question. Oh, good. I don't know. We'll find out. So, question the two. <laughs> Which Clueless star had a stint as a mouthpiece for Fox News and was even suspended for two weeks for saying, from Fox News, for saying, Obama doesn't give a shit about terrorism? Paul Rudd. <laughs> That's right. Paul Rudd. <laughs> Secret conservative. <laughs> Stacey Dash. <laughs> you are correct. Yes. Yeah, Stacey Dash. I mean, one of the most visible faces, I think, currently from this movie, mm. she is kind of a shithead Republican. Yeah, there's yeah. like a lot of YouTube tubers going after her right now. Oh, is there? Yeah, doing yeah. a lot of essays on her. What? Yeah. About what? Oh, just like that, being a shithead okay. Republican. Oh, yeah. Remember, was it, what was that awards show where they brought her on to say happy Black History Month? Was that the, like, Emmys or Oscars or something? Ugh. I just remember it being such a weird moment. Yeah, I think it might have been, I, I can't remember, but I know that she, like, denounced Black History Month. It might have been on BET that she did that. And she also said that BET was lying to people about uh, stuff. She really took a turn. I don't think any of us were expecting. (laughs) No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem to be going well for her. You know what's a weird thing I do when I watch really old movies and and there's like 
specifically when there's two people playing a couple. So like obviously her and like Donald Faison would have right. had like a lot yeah. of scenes together. I'm all, I always will watch and be like, what does he think about all this? <laughs> He's just like opinion? sitting there in his scrubs being like, Zach, I don't know about this. <laughs> Every time she does something new, he calls Zach. She's at it again. I <laughs> wouldn't believe what Stacy's saying. <laughs> but Obama. <laughs> Zach Braff's voicemail <laughs> archive is just so many messages from Donald Faison being like, hey, buddy, uh, sorry to call again. I know this is her message today. Stacy's, uh, she's up to something again. <laughs> anyway, call me when you get this. <laughs> yeah. Third question. This one is... This one is the hard one. Ooh. This one you'll really have to know your shit for, and I'm 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 not joking. Which <laughs> which clueless actor wrote the song on which the movie Earth Girls Are Easy is based on, and also starred in that movie with Jim Carrey, Jeff Goldblum, and Damon Wayans? Whoa, which actor? I have an. Is it Julie Murph? Murphy. You're, no. you're, I mean, she was in, in that, wasn't she? Ju- it's the no, last not, name no, isn't right. It's not Murphy. Oh, Julie Murray. Julie, it was, is it with an M? Starts with a B. Wow. Good job. <laughs> I thought, you know, you said Julie. I mean, that's pretty yeah. good. That's close. Um, yeah. What is her last It's Julie Brown. Julie Brown. Why did I think Murphy? I don't know why. But she's the, she was the, the PE Probably. teacher, right? Brittany Murphy. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. That's why. Uh, yeah, she plays the PE teacher. Yeah, she has had a really so interesting she wrote career. The song that Earth Girls Are Easier is based off of? That's right. And yeah, and then they made it into a movie, her and her husband, Terrence McNally. They did it together. She plays, I think, the, the lead female role. Uh, obviously, Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey, and Damon Wayans get sort of first billing on that. But uh, I thought it was really interesting. And also, she did, all throughout the 80s, she did like Weird Al esque parody songs, really? which is sort of where the Earth Girls Are Easy came from. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to look her up. We should like post one of her songs. Yeah. I'd never heard of that. I don't know about the song thing. I just, I was like, I, I remember thinking, like, looking her up on IMDb after watching this and just, like, because she, she only has, like, two minutes in this movie, mm-hmm. but she's very funny. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and so I was like, oh, yeah, was she, and, and trying to figure what I knew her from. And then, like, oh, she was in that as well. Yeah. But clearly it only took 12 hours for her last name to leave my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, she's, her name is so generic that there's another Julie Brown who, she had a show on MTV who also had an MTV show and... The other Julie Brown had to be distinguished by being downtown Julie Brown, presumably making this Julie Brown uptown Julie Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Which, honestly, if you're going to be one of the Julie Browns, I'd rather be uptown. Yeah, that's right. Real estate's better. So this was, I mean, obviously, Amy Heckerling conceived of and directed this film. She'd already directed Look Who's Talking. Mm -hmm. And so she was a big name. She had all the power to do this. She based it off of a book. Trivia question. Do you know what book this is based off? Blaine? No, I don't. Grace? Emma Jane Austen. Right, exactly. <laughs> there you go. But of course, it does as many teen movies did. It has the modern twist. Mm-hmm. So uh, Amy Heckerling actually, in a very like Cameron Crowe fashion, went not undercover, but she sat in on classes at Beverly Hills High School to sort of like get the language. Right. I mean, it comes through. The language in this is so good. Like, there's so many 
uh, just like subtle jokes or like terms like like the uh, calling hot guys Baldwins and stuff like right. that, which doesn't work as well today. <laughs> no, no, no. That joke aged badly. Like a Christian yeah. fundamentalist. <laughs> yeah. Or or refer it like the idea of the 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 Monet, the girl who looks good from far away and not close up, is like very oh. mean. Yeah. But like still a, a term that I think like think of like once a week. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you taught high schoolers how. To to talk at a certain like mm-hmm. I come from Kingston so it's like small town and like everyone looked at this movie and we're like I'm gonna talk like them now because yeah. we didn't have that vernacular yeah we, like whatever as if yeah for um, sure uh, I what are what are some other ones I don't know I just watched it they actually <laughs> they actually did release a book which had like a uh, like a a cluelessology like a vocabulary of the terms that the clueless would use right. Mm-hmm. The clueless. It sounds like we are the clueless. Sounds like a zombie horde or something. <laughs> the clueless are coming. <laughs> but they obviously did play up a lot of the lingo in the movie, and also the same with the fashion. Like, in mm-hmm. this movie was also very influential in the way in showing how like teens talked about fashion and used fashion as a mode of expression. But Amy Heckerling has said since, even though this movie became like such an important focal point for fashion on most days of the week even the super rich Beverly Hills kids looked as frumpy as any other kid yeah. in high school yeah I, I mean there's so many teen stars and they all look so good and fashionable and you're like how do you do that because teenagers are all gangly and weird <laughs> you have acne and it's awful you don't know what to do with your hair it's too dry or too right. greasy like <laughs> yeah, you don't exactly. know what shampoo to use yet yeah well she has that like that uh, it's such a I, I remember this being a bigger part of the movie than it was that like computer program that shows right. her different outfits I was obsessed with the idea of that as a kid I wanted one so badly you didn't have one no <laughs> it was not uh, computers were not a thing that worked that well yet <laughs> I do. I did try. Yeah, you because know, you know, later on, then they they ha- they take Polaroids of her in different right. because she doesn't trust mirrors. No, I did try to make Vampire. that happen. <laughs> Another reason this is a tie-in with uh, Anne Rice novels. Another <laughs> trivia for you. <laughs> But yeah, I tr- I remember like being like, okay, I cannot create a computer program that has all my clothes in it, but I can get a Polaroid camera. Mm-hmm. So I asked for one for that Christmas. The film is very expensive, for right? <laughs> so as a means of like dressing myself each morning, it was not feasible, as it turns out. And also, I didn't have like like hobbies or friends um, at ten, so it was just a lot of photos of like my room and right. like early selfies, most of which you realize once they came out that were blurry or off center your finger was in it so right. very expensive way to find out you're bad at selfies you described yourself as like a goth 10 year old but <laughs> yes. like w- what was your like clique in high school like what where were you in high school um i don't know I, my high school didn't super like there was groups of friends yeah. but um i was uh, mostly friends with a bunch of real like really straight edge kids who were mildly religious even though i was not <laughs> okay. i think it was just sort of yeah. they were the ones who would have me <laughs> right <laughs> they were like Sweet. it is part of our christian duty <laughs> to befriend this <laughs> poor girl try to save her yeah. baby yeah. goth soul yeah. you were the britney murphy they were exactly. trying to like put you on the right path really Aww. try to teach her what shampoo to use <laughs> <laughs> and also was in the anime club 
may have co-founded it. And those were sort of my <laughs> groups and like the kind of AV club kids okay, yeah, as yeah, well. Right. So sort of those were the circles that I floated in and just the kind of just greasy, gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, teenager. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I can you avoid it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, Rob, were you like, were you all gothy metalhead kid? No. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I was an individual with my own personality, but I don't know about you. Being such umbrage. Maybe you just follow the pack like some sort of conformist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hung out with uh, people, I guess. I don't know. I think I thought yeah, I fancy. Being so nondescript. I fancied at the time that we were like, you know, the people who didn't belong to any groups. We were the outcasts and misfits. Right. So you were that group. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, you know, I just hung out with a bunch of random people who didn't fit in anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. The ones who would have you. Yeah. Some of them were mildly religious as well. <laughs> it is their Christian duty. <laughs> there was uh, a whole bunch of alternate casting that could have happened for this uh, movie, though Alicia Silverstone apparently didn't even have to audition for the role. They saw enough uh, music videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aerosmith video. I wonder, like, that can mean so many things. Like, did that mean they saw her in another movie where, like, she's good or they just met her on the street and were like, oh, yeah, she is this character. Right. Yeah, I guess, I mean, they, they probably just saw her on something else and gave her the role, but I couldn't find any specific information. I do know that they did interview and audition other people for all of the roles. Like, I know that they talked to people like Angelina Jolie and Reese Witherspoon they wanted to have as Cher, but they, like, they made her audition. Wow. wow rude. Yeah. Right. If I was Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> See, she seems like she'd be able to talk her way into not having to audition. Well, she does kind of play like the spiritual successor to Cher in Legally Blonde, right? Yeah. yeah. That like, is who Cher would have grown up. In yeah, because she's like with this lawyer guy. She would have been lawyer. I don't know. I Somebody like should sell out. that if this was still DVD box set days, sell like Legally Blonde and Clueless together. And they're like, Definitely. you don't think from the marketing, but surprisingly intelligent. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I would find in like that uh, that $3 bin at Shoppers Drug Mart or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's where you'd find yeah. it. Yeah. They also wanted to get – for Dion Lauren Hill, which would have been pretty good if she showed up to set. <laughs> I cannot imagine her agreeing to be in this. But film. wasn't she in Sister Act 2? Yes, she was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Somehow that makes more sense, and I can't explain why. Well, you Just do like it for Whoopi. Yeah. You do it. <laughs> Whoopi tells you to be, you to show up on Whoopi, set, yeah. you show up. <laughs> Uh, and they also wanted to get uh, Dave Chappelle for uh, for the um, – what's his face? Donald Fazell? Murray. Donald Fazell, yeah. Murray. Yeah. yeah. It could have worked. It could have worked. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Oh, there was a TV series. Did you watch the TV oh, series, Grace? It was not good. Oh. Yes, I did. That is how far my love for <laughs> all tie-ins merchandise went. It was it, – I just feel like this is one of those movies that her arc is so complete at the end that like it makes no sense mm-hmm. to follow up because it's sort of like you you kind of have to go to – Back to like mid movie share who has not learned her lesson. Right. Was she still with like Paul Rudd in the TV show? It yeah, but I don't think it was they they didn't keep much of the cast. No, I think Donald Faison yeah. and the one whoever played Amber and maybe Stacey Stacey Dash, Dash was, in was in it. Right. Um, but I don't think anyone else was. And Wallace Shawn. Oh, yeah. But it was a different – like the guy who played the dad was different. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the opening credits, it was very like the turn to the camera and kind of smile credits. <laughs> and he Perfect. was the first sort of like one where it 
the actor just looked nothing like. Right. Right. That like, guy and you like, who the fuck is this piece <laughs> of shit? Where's Dan Hedaya? That's in the class. Yeah, and they didn't have Alicia. So like it really yeah. actually did make you realize how integral she is to making this character work. Right. Yeah. The actress who played her was like good, but just I don't know. It was bad. Did it was she do good. like an Alicia Silverstone impression? I think she kind of did. Like mm-hmm. it's she just sort of did the Valley Girl, but I think without any of the kind of intelligence behind it. Right. I, again, I think that's such a great thing about this movie is you always know that she's smart. She just doesn't like she just doesn't know a lot yet because she's young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I think they lost that part in the TV show, and there was like a lot of it was very like getting into kind of valley girl trouble of the week and then like learning to be yourself at the end of it (laughs) like i remember one episode where she got a haircut that was bad whoa and it wasn't bad though it was a fine haircut it was just like so it was like it was a very stressful episode were there bangs involved there were bangs involved oh Oh, yeah this sounds bad (laughs) yeah and also, I think there was like a lot of episodes about her still trying to decide whether to lose her virginity or not, right? And not handling it again as sensitively as the movie. Did. Like it was, it was a bad scene. But I yeah. guess Amy Heckerling wrote on it. Yeah, she wrote and directed several episodes, at least the pilot and a few more in the first season. But I think that she, uh, her hands were off it pretty quickly. Yeah, the, she saw an episode of it. And I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> what have I done?" Was there a second season? I was just... the clueless one. There was a second season. Oh, wow. yeah, and they replaced the dad in the second season. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's where Again. it petered off from. Mm. Did you guys hear that? Okay, before I get into that, do you guys know about the musical? No, I do not. Grace, there was a clueless <laughs> musical. Go back in time. Tell ten-year-old oh. Grace. <laughs> And then take the time machine to a very specific one-month period where the Clueless musical was playing on Broadway. Broadway. Um, Or to six months before that and stop them from making it. Because I'm assuming Mm. if it only played for one month, it was not good. Yeah, it was sort of not super well-received. When was was that? Like, when? uh, I'm not sure. But it was a jukebox musical. Amy Heckerling was involved. She wrote and uh, did some other stuff. Was it all just ska music? It was going on. I'm sure there was some ska music. (laughs) But is there a ska jukebox musical is now what I want to know. Does this exist? (laughs) The impression that I get. (laughs) The ska musical. The weird thing about it is... Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Because you're talking about it with authority. I have authority because I read the Wikipedia page. In it? (laughs) Wait a minute. I played Murray. It It was... Troubled. It's not received well. No. <laughs> Amy Heckerling rewrote the lyrics to a bunch of the songs so that, you know, like they use songs that were on the soundtrack, like Kids in America and uh, oh, other things like that. Okay. But then she would write new lyrics that would reflect, I guess, the circumstances of the movies. So I don't know. I guess maybe there's some verses of Rolling With My Homies. That uh, relates to oh, how much she so that's loves just a recipe Elton. for disaster. <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> but you know, I trust Amy Heckerling to. Uh, oh. I trusted her before Clueless, the TV show. <laughs> she broke that trust. I want to see this so badly, and yet I feel like it would be really cringy to sit through. Like, oh, they rewrote the lyrics. 
That's such a bad thing to do. Yeah, it's, it seems it seems like bad mojo. Yeah. But yeah, the reason I ask when it came out because it it sounds like that's not what they do when they make a movie into a musical now. No, because it 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 doesn't sound like nor, now they would just write an original original music for it, mm-hmm. and it still won't be good. But it won't be that monstrosity that <laughs> I can't wait till I'm gonna go home and listen to that like oh my today God. so it was only it great. was last year it was December 2018 and it was the new group who put it on <gasps> mm. then there's no excuse for that decision no <laughs> no it seems like yeah a massive a massive misstep but bad musicals like as we've learned from the Carrie musical mm. they can find their second act if you throw in a drag queen or something <laughs> And then they'll be produced forever at University Community Theater. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That sounds like an idea that like a sketch group would come up with <laughs> and perform for 17 people one time. That's what that sounds like. It sounds funny enough to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like not a thing that a ser- like a person would be like, I'm going to go get investors. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, did it, I, I'm so curious if it like took itself seriously or was trying to undercut itself while doing this. Like, I think it, it probably took itself pretty seriously. Oh. The reviews say that it, it didn't find a way to step out of the shadow of the movie the way that other musical adaptations just, have. Just see the review. The reviews write themselves. Like, <laughs> right. clueless, comma, yup. Or, like, you know, just... They just write themselves. Yeah, it's tough to make to do an adaptation of a movie called Clueless because you're just like, oh, man, I really hope they don't use this title against me in the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, time to change the lyrics to this ska song. <laughs> but there are a couple other remakes and reboots God. coming down the pipeline. Really? Yeah, that's right. There is a... Malone, Amy. (laughs) There is a dramatic TV show. This was just announced last month. CBS will be adapting it into a sort of gritty drama series that centers around Dion after Cher goes missing. And it's described... Hold on, Grace. (laughs) It's described as a baby pink and bisexual blue-tinted, tiny sunglass-wearing, oat milk latte and Adderall-fueled look at what happens when the high school queen bee Cher disappears and her lifelong friend has to step into those. This is just Riverdale. I was going to say, you know what would have taken less words is the Heather's adaptation meets the Riverdale adaptation. Um, But then you couldn't say baby baby pink and bisexual (laughs) blue. (laughs) Is that a color? And then I was like, are you describing? And I was like, where is this sentence going? (laughs) I want... Bisexual blue. It's also pink. It's crazy. It's a great color. oat milk is involved yeah <laughs> what here's what you know what i want to apologize to amy heckerling because <laughs> for my saying i don't trust her a moment ago because clearly from all of this i can only determine she is in dark financial trouble <laughs> and hollywood is not kind to female directors yeah and i can only assume these are cries for help okay well i mean maybe this is an opportunity to talk about the weird chris Gatan thing did you guys hear about that I think you told me about it. I did tell you about that. And it was unbelievable. It's so crazy. So apparently this was a story that was going around a little while ago. Amy Heckerling was – our podcast purpose is to spread gossip. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've established that this is a tea spilling podcast. Well, Chris Kattan said that while he was making – what's that movie where where he goes – Night of the Roxbury? Night of the Roxbury. (laughs) <laughs> what, was, what happened to the other guy in that? Anyway, he's producing some show called Succession. <laughs> they initially they wanted Amy Heckerling to direct Night at the Roxbury, and apparently, 
at one point, Lorne Michaels called Chris Kattan and said that, hey, Amy Heckerling really wants to direct... Uh, I mean, she's kind of vaguely interested, but she's more interested in you, Chris Kattan. So maybe if you have sex with Amy Heckerling, then she will direct your movie. And then apparently something like that did happen. No, really? I didn't hear that part. Yeah. He went for it. He went for it. And then she didn't end up directing the movie, but uh, she did executive produce it. Okay. So it worked like a little... So he was like medium good at sex is what... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't directing good, but he was executive producer. So many parts of that story break long-held assumptions I have of those people. (laughs) Yeah. Of all those people involved. 90s Hollywood was a train wreck. (laughs) Yeah. And apparently, like, Amy Hackerling hasn't commented, but Amy Hackerling's daughter has said that Catan's sort of version of it isn't true and that while they did have an affair during the filming of that movie – it wasn't tied to any sort of like quid right. pro quo. Okay. And Amy Heckerling's daughter looks so much like Chris Kattan. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. It's like, what? No. The girl Chris Kattan over here. She doesn't look like Chris Kattan because she looks like Harold Ramis, <laughs> who is the person that yeah. uh, she found out was her dad All right. sometime uh, into her life. You know, wow. I'm so glad that my parents are not involved in Hollywood in any way. So oh, I never yeah. have to make public statements about affairs they may or may not. Or like <laughs> poor Sarah Pauly who had to make a full documentary about it. Yeah. Did you guys see that one? No, not I didn't. Yet. Well, well yeah. it's, it's very moving. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's a bit sketchy. Also, they're going to make a remake of uh, Clueless the film, but uh, Donald Faison has said that that is a bad idea. <laughs> he says, if you don't have Amy Heckling involved, it doesn't make any sense. If you're remaking Clueless because you're trying to make a stand, guess what? It's already been made. You can't recast Alicia Silverstone. You can recast Paul Rudd. Because <laughs> he he looks yeah, like exactly. he's the same. Okay. Hey Zach Braff, uh, it's me, Donald. <laughs> Donald again. Sorry to leave another message. You what? wouldn't believe what they're trying to remake. <laughs> I'm a. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that is Clueless. So, Grace, this yes. was this was your favorite movie when you were ten years old. How did it feel rewatching it this time? Great it. It really holds up, I think. Yeah, and I actually think that it 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 benefits from a rewatching, which you cannot say about a lot right. of movies from That's 1995, sure. mm-hmm. because there's like a way you understand it when you are the same age or younger than Cher, because you're really like you're you're following her perspective the whole movie, and then you there's an entirely different way you understand it when you are an adult. I feel like you have a lot more sympathy for the teachers. <laughs> um, you get all of the like kind of subtle jokes about the like faux pas and mistakes that she's making. Right. And um, I understand what all those bongs are now. Um, <laughs> the little honey, honey bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's like actually one of the few movies that you can like watch as a like teenager love and then watch as an adult and be like, no, this, this is great. And like benefits from rewatching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think there's like layers to the jokes, and there's also layers to like the visual jokes, like the maid who is afraid of the dad. Oh my god! Like she's so afraid of him, and then at one scene they don't hang anything on it; it's just there. She's in the background, and you can kind of see her stomach beyond the door, and she's hiding. She's <laughs> hiding there the entire scene, and you only know if you look really close that she's there. There's so many little jokes like that throughout the movie. So I think it's a hugely rewatchable movie for that reason because you can find those jokes in there that you never realized before, even if you watched it for the first time as a male adult. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically yeah, I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you, Rob? Do you think this is rewatchable? Yeah, I agree. I was, I don't think pleasantly surprised because I thought it would be pretty good. But mm-hmm. I feel like it held up in ways, in different ways than I thought it would. Like, I feel like it feels like it is an intelligent written movie it's very funny from an adult perspective I also think that like when you're sort of of that age or younger than that age you're sort of mystified by cool teens and so like so much of it is like I want to be this person or like I don't like this person because he's not like this person right and uh, you know now as as an adult you can really see the whole like picture and see like the the sort of satire for what it is and I, I really like that the movie is about like it's about a rich kid it's kind of like about an airheaded blonde girl but it undercuts all of those tropes and stereotypes and like really shows a story of like somebody who is you know trying to like develop and become like a good person yeah it it really comes down on like kind of figuring out who you are and liking what you like and and being true to your identity and and trying to be a good person like mm-hmm. that's it's kind of a lovely and not too hitting you over the head with it yeah. message. But I, also that's a good point of like when you watch it when you're like her age or younger, like as a 10-year-old, you're like, oh, well, I guess that's what I'm going to be like in five years. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> and then you get to 16, you're like, oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> no. I'm still so greasy. <laughs> Why didn't I turn into Alicia Silverstone? <laughs> we all thought we were going to. Only one of us did, and it was Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> and that's rewatchability for this week. Grace, thanks for coming on the program. Oh, thanks yeah, for having me. it was great me. to have you. This was fun. Where can people find you out there? They can find me on uh, yeah, on YouTube for with Things With Cats and on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Grace Ectomy. So G-R-A-C-E-C-T-O-M-Y. Like, like anectomy, like you're removing me, but you're adding me. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I was too clever when I thought of it, and now I have to spell it for everyone. <laughs> you can change them. <laughs> uh, I already have the joke about it. I used to write another one. <laughs> and we're Rewatchability. You can find us on Facebook at Rewatchability, Twitter at Rewatchability. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or Podbean or any of those places that you can listen to podcasts. Yeah. And also rate us and leave a review because that helps other people find Find the podcast. And you can go to patreon.com and donate a little bit of money. Use your dad's credit card. (laughs) (laughs) Or Dan Hedaya's credit card. (laughs) He's going to yell at you. (laughs) You can also buy a T-shirt from TeePublic. And if you can't support us that way, just tell a friend about us when you're talking about podcasts that you listen to. And if you have a movie that you want us to watch, you can go to rewatchability.com, go to the SpeakPipe, record a little message, and we will talk about that movie. Until next week, <laughs> just get a clue. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.